0: You're listening to the Inverse Podcast, where we explore how the scriptures can turn our world upside down. Or how it can be weaponized to uphold the status quo. I'm Drew Hart. And I'm Jared McKenna, and this is Inverse. Um, McKenna, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us to open up a, a passage and see how it turns our world upside down. Um, Not just Drew and I are excited, but um, our (laughs) listeners and your voice are getting even more exposure in in this hemisphere.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm glad to be here.
0: So for those that don't know, Academy Yuan is a public theologian who received her master's degree in 2016 from Westminster Theological Seminary, which is uh, in Philly, in Pennsylvania. Uh She's the co-host of Truth's Table podcast alongside uh, two incredible women, Michelle Higgins and Dr. Christina Edmondson. And during her time at Westminster Theological Seminary, uh, Academy won the 2015 Green Prize in Apologetics. Um, In 2018, Christianity Today named her as among 10 new or lesser known female theologians worth knowing. Her writing has been published in the Huffington Post, Black Voices, Christianity Today and The Witness, a black Christian collective to name a few. Her insights have been quoted by CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post and the New Yorker, amongst other publications. Well, that's, that's quite a lineup.
2: <laughs> Thank
0: you. Thank that's,
1: you. I, I talk and I write a lot, I guess.
0: <laughs> we're happy for you to be doing that with us. Now, you've chosen um, a passage which I'm um, You know, it's, I I joked in email, it's the crux of Christianity. You're taking us um, straight to Calvary, which um, (laughs) I so appreciate. Um, We're going to be in Matthew 27. Before we hear more about your journey, would you read that passage to us?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Let me go ahead and do that. I am reading from the NIV, Matthew 27, verses 45 to 55. And I will begin right now. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah immediately one of them ran and got a sponge he filled it with wine vinegar put it on a staff and offered it to jesus to drink the rest said now leave him alone let's see if elijah comes to save him and when jesus had cried out again in a loud voice he gave up his spirit at that moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom the earth shook the rock split and the tombs broke open the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of that passage.
0: Yeah. May, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of yes, his word. Yes. Um, sister, when do you first remember encountering the scriptures? What's what's your narrative around uh, when the scriptures started to take hold of your life?
1: Well, yeah, you know... Um, that's a great question. I was raised in a Christian household. Uh, I am, my, my grandfather was a pastor, uh, mm. although I never heard or saw my grandfather preach because I'm a first gen or some would, some would say I'm second gen, uh, Nigerian American. And so uh, my parents immigrated here in the seventies. And mm. so uh, he was a Lutheran pastor there in Nigeria. Oh, wow. Obviously mm-hmm. there's colonial history and imperialism behind that, sure. but hey. Um, <laughs> It's a whole
0: well, and even behind the naming of Nigeria, right? Like, well, yeah, exactly,
1: right. which came about from a business deal with Unilever. But, yes, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> oh boy, it's a whole lot of history there. Um, and then you want to talk about slavery. It's a lot going mm-hmm. on. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I never got to hear him preach or even see him preach. But my, my father was, I mean, my grandfather was a Lutheran pastor, my grandmother, a first lady. And so she came to the U.S. to live with us in eighty nine somewhere around there and um she she's still with us uh she loves the lord uh, my father my grandfather passed away in 2001 uh and she mm-hmm. raised us uh with the scriptures you know every night we would, we would have devotion and she yeah, would wow. teach us um john three sixteen, mm-hmm. psalm 1 she would teach us um some ibibio songs because um Ethnically, yeah, I'm a Bibio, so
2: mm-hmm. we
1: would learn that. And so it, it, and she would catechize us, okay? Luther's yeah, catechism. Yeah. I mean, my mm. grandmother literally is my first, the first theologian I've ever known, ever yeah, um, wow. had um, experience with. She taught me the hypostatic union, although she didn't wow. know that term, but she <laughs> taught me. I mean, she, she, she really knew doctrine, and that's what she taught us. So my first encounter is with my grandmother um, every night. Doing devotion, and even now when I go home, uh, we still do devotion uh, with grandma. That's
2: beautiful. It is is a treat.
1: It is right. It's it's a real. You talk about a legacy of faith, and so I I understand that that's more rare these days um, to have a grandmother. You know, that's like double dipped mm. in the faith <laughs> but i do have one and I'm, I'm really grateful for that so i would say though my first encounters with the scripture are with my grandmother learning psalm 23 learning john 316 um, now i was not i would say i hadn't yet come to faith to be honest um, mm. I, I really hadn't come to faith until college wow. and so the wow. scriptures hadn't really so, so i i bring up my uh my adolescent years though because the seeds were planted right yes yeah, sure. and the holy spirit waters and brings the an increase and i believe that increase came in college when i actually began to like love jesus for myself um where the mm-hmm. faith became my own not by my own will or volition but really by the power of the spirit um the spirit met me um in college and i'm so grateful uh and that's when i really fell in love with the scriptures and fell in love with god's word and and um, cultivating uh uh, uh, spiritual disciplines, you know. So I got saved in a in a black Baptist Pentecostal egalitarian mm-hmm. church, you know, okay. and so that's really where I, I I came to faith, cut my teeth um, in the faith, and grew exponentially um, there in that in that space.
0: Wow! Praise God for grandmothers. Yeah. Come on. yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. I can resonate
3: with all of that. Yeah. I'm curious, though, as you were talking about what in college was there particular experiences. That kind of were, I mean, you mentioned that it was in college, but were there pivotal moments in college where that that were drawing you back in and kind of letting your faith blossom at that point? Yeah,
1: um, yeah, great question. I do have quite a testimony. Um, <laughs> well, you know, um, honestly, what happened was before. Uh, let's see, the when I was literally it was a summer that I was starting freshman year. I went to Cal State Northridge, Cal State University in Northridge in Southern California and um, in, in the valley is what the you know, what it's called mm. uh, um, in LA. Uh, and my father uh, had a stroke and uh, was in the ICU the weekend that I had to move to college. And so I went to college mm. under much duress, you know, um, in, 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 in the midst of very uh, traumatic circumstances. Yeah. and um, And so... Yeah, so it was a it was a very hard time, you know, in my life. My life I've, I've not had an easy life, um, and my father was, you know, sadly in a critical condition. Was, actually, he was in ICU that weekend. We weren't sure if he was going to make wow. it, um, and he did um, at least survive my freshman year. Uh, but he was in a vegetative state. You know, um, made it out of the ICU out of the ICU, but he was still hospitalized the whole time during my freshman year. And then he passed away in 2001, the summer before my um, sophomore year um, in college. And obviously that changed me um, and shaped me oh. in profound ways. Um, I remember praying that the Lord would, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't a believer quite yet. Right. So, but I, I as like, I know that God can heal, I know God can raise him from the dead and I'm just going to believe that God will do that you know, um, from my father. That did not happen. Um, and so I don't think at that point I, I didn't feel like I could be mad at God. I, you know, I think I still just didn't quite understand grace and all of those things. And so I, I bottled up a lot of that anger, that angst, and you know, those emotions and, um, that trauma. And, um, and, and that year is when I started to party more, to drink, uh, to smoke weed, get into all time, ty- you know, all manner of foolishness that you do in college or that some people do not, not, not everybody, not everybody. Um, but it, and I just remember um, just just like constantly self-medicating you know in those ways trying to numb myself maybe from the pain um, numb myself from or um, from the anger not wanting to admit that maybe I was angry with God um, and so I remember being high in my dorm room um, and thinking, I think I was smoking a blunt probably to myself, and just thinking, man, like if Jesus cracked the sky right now, because remember, I know the doctrines, right? I grew up, you know, in the church, I grew up right. in the pews. Like, my mama and my, my family is definitely one of those, like, you know, you in this house, you're going to church. So there was no, there was no choice. And I'm grateful, I'm so grateful for that. Um, mm-hmm. but I remember thinking, like, man, like in the midst of my high, I was thinking, if Jesus were to crack the sky right now, because I know he can come at any time, and I was like, well, I would not be going heaven with the Lord. Like I, I act like I do not know him. I don't have um, a saving faith. Um, And that was really jarring for me. And so that next morning, I went to church. So it had to be a Saturday night went to church, uh, that Baptist, uh, the black Baptist, coastal, egalitarian church heard the gospel, it felt like I heard the gospel the first time. It wasn't the first Mm -hmm. time, but it's the first time it really penetrated, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say, my soul. And, um, and yeah, I went to the altar. And honestly, by God's grace, I've actually not looked back.
2: So, wow. oh, wow.
1: running with Jesus for a, a while now.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so that's a long,
1: long answer, but yeah, it's a it's a testimony. I tell you.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful story. Drew did did you want to open up in terms of um the next part?
3: Yeah, yeah. So one of the things we like to ask our guests is. Whether, when you're thinking about your encounter with scripture, um, did it turn your world upside down or was it used to prop the world up as it is?
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think my my first encounter with scripture, I I would say when I came to faith, right, um,
2: Hmm.
1: it turned my whole world upside down. I mean, my life completely changed. Like, I, I really... Uh, uh the scripture that talks about uh we're new creations you know the old has mm. passed away like like that legitimately did happen for me and i do believe there is wow. a decisive break with sin that doesn't mean we don't have indwelling sin but like there is like a marked change a difference and i found that to mm. be the reality for me um there were things where i was just really a pretty pretty angry about the things that happened in my life you know and by by god's grace that some of that that anger began to dissipate i became much more patient um even in college i started to um take my studies actually seriously you know novel idea um (laughs) but before (laughs) before i came to faith i really was not really applying myself and then when i came to faith it was like a complete 180 all of a sudden i was actually doing my work as unto the lord um and so it changed me personally uh and then i think um i think it, it, it so, I'll turn my world upside down, but I think even mm. as I've grown um in my walk with the lord it's uh, God has begun to use it um and use me as a vessel God willing to shake some tables and turn some things around or and shake some things up if you will
2: right. um mm.
1: so partnering with God you know in that way if i if I may be so bold to say that um so yeah so i I would say it's not um held up the status quo, Um, I don't really know. I mean, I guess you could interpret scripture in a way where that would happen, but boy, you have to work really hard um, to do that, you know? Um,
0: But you know, there's some people
1: that do it all the time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, y- no, I yes, there even,
2: are. In the White House does that every time.
1: So I-
0: and uh n- not just your nation. Um, right, right. As, as much as it would be fun for us Aussies to to scapegoat Americans and you know, it's <laughs> sometimes a national pastime. It um it's it's not just your nation. Um I find fascinating uh I know so many people that personally um, the scriptures are everything you just described in terms of using paul's language in second corinthians um, new creation and yet when it comes to um, uh, the the breadth of creation itself it usually stops at the individual i've been amazed that uh, where i've encountered your name and um, friends that we have um, in common uh, that it's been uh, your work with black lives matter And um, your insistence that being a new creation isn't just an individualist reality, uh, but has social and ecological implications Mm -hmm. um, uh, that, you know, if Jesus is Lord at all, he's Lord of all. What has that journey been in terms of going from um, uh, your personal life being turned upside down, so you're no longer self-medicating, but actually um, encountering reality and seeing God move in reality to um, encountering, I guess, the pain of the world, the realities of um, uh, white supremacy, um, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. racism, and your commitment to um, uh, educating and advocating uh, around those particular issues.
1: Yeah, I think um, for me, yeah, I think uh, you're right. I think for a lot of people, it stops at Oh, you know, the scriptures and Jesus turned my life around and me, 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 right? It's very Western, you know, um, we're mm-hmm. socialized in that way. Uh, yep. You know, and I, we have to work hard um, to, uh, to resist that. Um, I, I think in, in some ways, you know, when it came to faith... Um, And just started seeing the way the world was and the ways that I've been impacted, honestly, personally, by white Mm -hmm. supremacy, the ways that I've been impacted by racism, the ways that I've been impacted by colorism, you know, and what it's done to me, my own uh, or what it had done to me about my own uh, uh, um, perception of myself, my own self-image and and not really seeing myself as fearfully and wonderfully made, not really seeing myself as, um, you know, worthy you know, of of love and to receive love and all these things. Like I I, I had to do a lot of internal work um, when I came to faith about like, okay, what does the scriptures, you know, say, say, what does it say about me? What does God say about me? What does God think about me? What does God have to say about my blackness? Right. Mm. Do I have to leave that at the door when I come into the church? Like what, what is the deal? Like, and I, I had to really do a lot of work um, around that uh, affirmative work in the scriptures to be able to see that, to dig that up because so much of um, the uh, the American Christianity uh, it is so whitewashed, literally,
2: mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so
1: you're just like, is there room for me like mm-hmm. here in this faith? Like, and not knowing like, uh, yeah, the faith that's come to us have has in many ways been bastardized. And I don't know how else to, mm-hmm. I don't have a nicer way of putting that. Um, I mean, I I try, but I don't have a nicer way of putting that. Um, And so I had to really recover that. I'm like, wait a minute, like this, this this is an Eastern religion. Like what? Mm -hmm. Like I'm African. Like, yes, of course I can lay claim to this. Like what? Like this this is like the the, the cradle of Christianity is in Africa. Like what? Mm -hmm. How could I ever think that I don't have um, a, a, a God given right to this? You know, of course, by God's grace, you know, and all of that. So anyway, so I had to do some of that internal work. And then I was like, man, if I felt this way and if I believe these things, how many how how many more? I mean, how many others felt this way or thought these things? How many of my uh, uh, my uh, kinsmen, according to the flesh, are walking around too? you know, with this idea or this perception that there's no room for them? you know, in Christianity or that, uh, yeah, you know, I am God's child. I'm God's creation, but am I truly dearly loved? Like God, does God really love me? Mm. You know, um, with all this melanin, right. You know, Mm. with, with this broad nose, with this kinky hair, does he really love me? Like, um, yeah, well, this God looks like you. So, uh, you know, so, so so anyway, I, so I had to, so I, I looked outward, you know, so as I looked inward, I also, it caused me to actually look outward as well. I mean, that could also be um, a part of my own um, socialization too, you know, being um, a first gen or slash second gen Nigerian American and, you know, having that communal, you know, um, culture anyway, it yeah. could be part of that, um, but I've always felt a strong kinship you know to black people in the diaspora um in africa i'm 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 a pan africanist um in many ways and so uh, so anyway so that that animated a lot of my work and then also just the the racism and stuff that i experienced growing up in california you know yeah. which is yeah a supposedly quote unquote, you know, the liberal bastion, right? The progressive, uh, you know, bastion, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors, you know? Yeah. And so, so, you know, so, um, so that animated that and just seeing like, man, wait a minute, like what is happening right now in our world? I know we live in a fallen world. I know we live in a broken world. Um, But being, you know, now being a public theologian and and the theological frameworks that I work with now, I I think about like, man, there's a real disconnect between the theological reality that we live in in two ages, right? You know, Mm -hmm. we live in the present evil age and we live in the new age, you know, and I'm like, I'm seeing a whole lot of the present evil age. Every moment and every (laughs) I hear I see it within myself, you know, I see it within others, you know, when my sin crops up with other sins, you know, uh, uh, when uh, the sons of others, you know, come against me and vice versa. Mm. But I'm not seeing enough of the new age. Like, if if I am (laughs) a Christian and I am God's representative, one of many representatives um, uh, uh, in this world, what in the world is happening why can't we why are mm. we not seeing enough of the 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 um the the blessings of the new age you know like mm-hmm. like 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 of course grace and 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 peace and unity right and power that's used in service to others yeah. you know yeah, uh, yeah. healing you know uh, uh um you know just uh thriving you know uh flourishing why mm. why why are we seeing the opposite that was that was, and still does bug me. Um, And so, so yeah, so I think that's kind of (laughs) what kind of fueled that, you know, that passion uh, to, Mm. to, to fight for justice. I've always actually been pretty passionate about justice issues ever since I was little um, because of what I've experienced, you know, um, in California and the racism and things like that. Uh, But yeah, it's just, it, it worked out, I think, I guess more publicly, also the things I experienced at my seminary, then, you know, white supremacy there. Uh, But, you know, it just, you know, the contradictions, like, you know, that, that, and I like cohesiveness, you know, I like congruence. And so, (laughs) so I'm always gonna try to, you know, to, 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 to make that known to people. And I, I think that when we're just continually bombarded with suffering um, and strife, I think that's, a can be, it's a barrier to the faith, you know,
2: yeah. I think it's a barrier
1: to the faith. And I think we're supposed to, as believers, um, Hebrews talks about making level paths mm-hmm. so that the lame can walk. That's King James or NIV. So I don't want nobody getting mad at me because I said that, but,
2: you know, but, <laughs> don't
1: be mad at me. I hear you. I know. I know. I know. That's the language, okay? But but we have to make level paths, right? That's so that the, that people, you know, that either um, maybe aren't in the faith yet, you know, who who are not able to quite see the um, the beautiful light of the gospel quite yet. Maybe those maybe those who might be weaker, you know, um, in the faith, or whatever, you know, that they can also see, you know, um, a glimpse of this this glorious God that we worship, you know. So that means like removing barriers, removing stumbling blocks, making mm-hmm. it easy, clearing the way so that they can clearly see um, this gospel. And I, I like to think that's what I try to do anyway with my work, Is that, which is why you hear me talk about the gospel a lot in what I do it, pretty much anywhere I go. So I mean the passage Amen. I picked. I mean I was thinking I was like, man, I'm, oh, I'm really picking a very gospel passage. This is actually not yeah. my favorite passage, but I know which sounds blasphemous. It's not, but it's not. But but there's there's a lot of good meat in it. Uh, but anyway, sorry. I feel like well,
0: I'm maybe this is, no, not at all, <laughs> Kimini. This is this is wonderful, and I really hear you in terms of you know sin is ugly, but there is something particularly despicable about sin with a christian varnish on it and your experience at seminary um and that kind of um the reality of sin in a place that actually should be forming people for ministry i'm just so sorry that's um i I wish it was a special incident which isn't more universal but there's there's work to do everywhere um everywhere we would we would love you to um Uh, Walk us around this passage and help us read us in ways that um, do welcome that new age, um, that new creation, that uh, new Jerusalem, uh, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, um, the reign of God, uh, um, the the age to come. Um, How do we read Matthew 27 um, in ways that do turn our world upside down instead of prop it up as it is?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, what's interesting, what actually kind of uh, prompted me to choose this passage was um, I had uh, come back from, I went to South Africa, oh yeah, which you know, um, in November, and uh, that was quite an interesting trip. Uh, so I, it was very interesting, just. Uh, and very, had you
0: been before again? I had not been. No. Uh,
1: I, I've not been to South Africa. I've been to quite a few other countries in Africa, but, but I had not. It's been. a
0: big continent, you know, <laughs> It is. there's over 50 different.
1: <laughs> it is, yeah. it is. And so, um, you know, so I, I hadn't been before, but you know, I, it was very disorienting uh, to be in an African nation that is majority black, or even just say majority black. That's not something you would say in any other uh, nation um, right. mm. on the continent. Okay. That, so that one is just jarring and still like, I can never get over that, <laughs> but to be in a nation, African nation, that's a majority black, um, but that's ruled really still by the minority, the white minority, that was just, mm-hmm. um, that was uh, very disorienting for me and jarring. And I was like, whoa. So, so I was there to do some uh, anti-racism work and you know, um, speak on a few panels and things like that. And so uh, at, this, at this conference I went to, it was about racial reconciliation now i'm an anti-racist and Mm um and so i don't i don't
0: would you um break that down um uh because i I think some people who might not be familiar with the conversation yeah. will say, Well, of yeah. course. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Of course. So I, um, I um, am an, an anti racist. I see anti racism as in, in service to racial reconciliation. And so hmm. when I say that I'm an uh, anti racist, I, which, I, which, by the way, I've been an anti racist before, it was sexy to be an anti racist. I, like mm-hmm. right, so
3: huh? I like to do it. I'm with you. I feel I you. I, I hear <laughs> what you're saying.
1: I'm just saying, all of a sudden everybody's anti-racist. I'm like, well, hold up now. A lot of y'all are racial reconciliation. And I do not have beef. You know, everybody, the Lord you know, calls us to different things. So, and, you know, we got to work together, um, but so I, I think of anti-racism as one who fiercely opposes white supremacy and racism wherever it rears its ugly head. And so mm. I do that in my work. I do that in my speaking. I do that in my podcast. I do that, uh, wherever I'm called to go. Um, and I say by God's grace, I say what God calls me to say, you know, um, in that moment, for whatever you know whatever is called, um, and I take a lot of risks um by doing that um, and that's why I, I I know I got some you know uh, um, um, some receipts you
2: know on, on mm-hmm. that you know yep, yep, yep.
1: Uh, and I've, I've paid a high price for that you know um uh, financially um, sure. career wise you know to do that's right that God has called me to do um, you yep. know but profits can't be on pay- payrolls you know um Although I wish that could be, but it is just—it not the way it works. So anyway, so I think I'm If anybody
0: is listening and feels led to Employee Academy, please. Hey, please.
1: Oh, <laughs> that be right. that be right. But um, so, so I, I'm telling the truth, right, and trying to get down to the root what the issue is, you know, as Mm. that's my job as the, uh, as an anti-racist to be able to help us to face the truth of racism, acknowledge it, see where it's, where it's propping itself up, dismantle it. That way reconciliation can come forth, right? We can't have a reconciliation apart from truth. So that's kind of my, my, my job is to till, till that ground, bring it up, break up that fallow ground. Um, so anyway, so I see it in, 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 um, in service to racial reconciliation, you know, which sometimes, so I saw on that panel, sometimes people will use racial reconciliation as a means to uh, uphold the status quo. I'm not saying that's what it does, but a lot of people will use it in that way. Um, And so, uh, and so they'll, they'll use that um, in, in, in order to kind of keep things uh, going, you know, maybe bringing one or two black faces, maybe an Asian face, maybe a Latinx face, you know, and they feel like, okay, kumbaya, we've done our work right mm-hmm. with no dressing and they're done. Um and so and so people use that and just only focus on the interpersonal but not the structural.
3: Right. So right. while
1: mm-hmm. I was there at um that conference the Lord had shown me just a new a fresh revelation on this passage. And so this is why I'm actually bringing it forth here on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um so what stood out to me in this passage in Matthew 27 verse 45 to 55 um is so we're here at the death of Jesus. This is obviously, like you said, it is the crux of our faith. Um, and I believe that it's happened just the way that the scriptures say, um, mm. what I found to be very compelling or moving is the cosmological implications here,
2: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so wow.
1: when we talk about, you know, uh, racial reconciliation, right. Uh, I'll just say that, you know, um, right now, um, is it, people will use, you know, uh, you know Christ you know's death even this passage they can they can use this you know to talk about how he died you know and and he rose and because he rose to new life you know that new age you know is coming forth and you know which is true that's that's all factual um and that we should you know be one and but they'll use it in a kumbaya kind of way you know we are the world you know um but there you miss the structural implications here when you do not um, come to grips with the cosmological um, contours in the passage. So, like, say, verse 45. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over the land. Darkness over the land, mm. right? While Jesus is on the cross. Like, the sun was not giving its light, okay? For the ninth hour about, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me look at this, this passage. Okay, from noon, sorry. Until three in the afternoon. There's darkness that came all over the land like that. First of all, that in and of itself is... A trip right can you imagine like that would be pretty scary i think <laughs> like like, mm. like what is going on cosmologically like even the earth is 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 um in obedience to this god man right um and then you know then jesus cries out you know i'm um, citing um um he's reciting psalm 22 22
0: uh-huh. yep
1: psalm 22 here And then when some, although standing there, they heard this, they said, oh, he's calling Elijah, you know. And so they came, they gave him a sponge with vinegar. Um, And then now they're like, let's see if Elijah's going to come to save him. You know how we do, you know, um, testing God, taunting God. We do it. We still do it. Um, And then Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice. He gave up his spirit. Um, And at that moment, at the moment that Jesus gave up his spirit, the curtain of the temple torn in two. From top to bottom, and yes, of course, that's you know that's showing us you know that now crisis, um, um, uh, that that temple that barrier now is broken because Jesus died. Yes, 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 that's true. Um, but think about just w- w- what happened cosmologically, like in mm-hmm. the in structurally in the world, like you know the earth shook. So now we're having earthquakes. I'm from California, so this, this to me is an earthquake. <laughs> the earth literally shook. Right, the rocks split. And the tombs broke open. This is not a Walking Dead episode, not yet. And so, <laughs> the bodies, and then the bodies, right? Of many holy people who had died, were raised to life. But they came out of the tombs, though, after Jesus's resurrection, right? Because Jesus is the firstborn among the dead, right? So they couldn't come out before Jesus rose. Um, but I, but even that, right there, you just think about the the implications there, like. This was not an ordinary death. Jesus is not the first person to to die of crucifixion, Uh, but he is the first and only one to die of crucifixion. And there's a cosmological response to Jesus's death. There's an earthquake, rocks are splitting. Folks are raised to life after Jesus resurrects. I mean, and and they actually go into the city, right? and they, they show pe- their people, I'm back, I'm alive, you know, Christ has won this new life for me. You know, obviously, I'm adding, you know, but that's obviously the implication. Okay, that's a safe assumption. <laughs> that's a safe assumption there. Um, and so, I think that sometimes when, we're, when, we, uh, when we're, we're used to seeing scripture, of course, we don't always read it afresh. Sometimes we read it too fast. I'm guilty of that. Um, often, reading it too fast, trying to get to whatever it is that we're trying to, you know, get to to get the, you know, encouragement that we need or the um, the point that we need to make whatever for the lecture that we're giving whatever you're doing or your sermon right you're preaching um but just to see like my goodness look at the implications of this um and, and just you see these references uh that Jesus saw the earthquake and all that happened and they were terrified right there's many many implications and references to what is actually happening in the earth um and I think that that I think a tangible Implication of that is that racial reconciliation obviously anti racism is um, structural, but racial reconciliation can be and should be and must be structural as well, not only interpersonal, Mm -hmm. but structural, you know, and so I wanted to lift that up because that's often forgotten and not um, I don't it's not it's just not taken seriously you know um mm-hmm. and when we think about even colossians 1 not to throw in another passage but it, it talks about colossians one seventeen um says that of course jesus he is before all things and in him all things hold together like literally everything holds mm-hmm. together and i i see the um his death on the cross as um confirmation right An affirming that scripture does interpret scripture um mm-hmm. affirming that yeah in me all things hold together like if i did not raise like this earth would be no more. Like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like I'm just letting y'all know. Like that's what could happen. That's not what's going to happen because you know I'm going to uh, rise from the dead, but arise from the dead. But I just thought that was so powerful, and uh, and I was just so grateful to the Holy Spirit for showing me that because I was like, wow. Like okay. Mm. Like I don't have to necessarily throw you know, at racial reconciliation, or or I don't even have to dismiss it if I. Now that I see in the scriptures, like, oh, there is, like, an actual um, biblical grounding even in this um, discipline, right, you know, for mm-hmm. a structural response, you know, to this sin, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, beautiful, Ken.
3: Yeah, no, I think that's that's powerful. I mean, I think something, it's easy to preach, you know, Jesus died. And like you said, I mean, I'm right. thinking about, I've been in spaces where, um, the language of racial reconciliation has kind of been thrown around quite a bit. Yes. And it's, you know, let's have pulpit swaps and mm-hmm. potlucks, mm-hmm. hold hands and sing, we shall overcome. And mm-hmm. and it's folks who are not committed to working in their neighborhoods on behalf of mm-hmm. you know, right. those undocumented immigrants and there folks getting uh, stop and frisked in the neighborhood. And so it's their, their understanding of, what Jesus did through his death and resurrection is it's about black people, and white people becoming buddies, right?
1: Right.
3: um, right. But what you're suggesting in in looking at and rereading Matthew is um, just the comprehensive implications of resurrection. I think that's powerful that I think the church has got to grapple with. Um, um, just the significance of it and that everything's got to change in light of Everything. that. And we've got to oh, realign man. our lives in light of the fact that Christ is
0: preeminent and he rose and reigns. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yes. You got it.
0: <laughs> to, to speak to that point, I, I think many people miss um, and get caught up in apologetic games around, you know, verse 52 and it being uh-huh. so strange and you mentioned the walking oh, dead right. like is this a zombie kind of right, and right, right, we, right. we miss and let me start with my own context on the land of the Wadjuk people that um, mm-hmm. this is Noongar Buja, that names like Miss Do who um, have been silenced and won't be heard from because apparently death has had the last word and her mm-hmm. death in custody and what that means or Mr Ward in the back of a police van who mm-hmm. literally baked to death because the police didn't turn on the air conditioning mm-hmm. or any other number of yes. um, people on the land um, uh, that I live on or in America to mention names yes. like uh, you know um, Trayvon Martin mm-hmm. or um, Tamar Rice that mm-hmm. for, for Jewish people to talk of resurrection um, uh, resurrection is A belief that arose in the midst of empires to say God will vindicate those who have been silenced. And that this passage that it's actually at Calvary on Friday, Mm -hmm. while the sky is dark, Mm -hmm. that apparently is the victory. Yes. And though Jesus steps into our forsakenness where we wonder is God even present and yes. experiences it in its yes. fullness, mm. yet at the same time, that act of Him means that um, those who have been silenced and been killed, they're heading into Jerusalem and their voices will be heard again. Yes, they're yes. appearing to people and their story, their testimony, uh, despite baking in the back of a police yeah. van, yeah. Uh, despite um, dying in a, a prison cell uh, mm-hmm. despite being choked out and, and saying I can't breathe mm-hmm. that these are the voices that the cross lifts up and says their deaths don't have the last word that's right and death itself doesn't have the last word that's and right. the testimony of those who speak a different truth will be heard because mm-hmm. new creation is coming and that's mm-hmm. the kind of uncomfortable conversation which moves it past Uh, kumbaya in a light sense and moves it into what one of uh, my mentors and i know a big influence for you as well doc drew in terms of uncle vincent harding oh yes um, when he talks about kumbaya Mm -hmm. and um, how they what that meant in the freedom movement and some of their experiences yeah this kumbaya actually come by us lord in the same way that jesus prays why have you forsaken me? Like this has the resonance of um a, a faithful servant singing out the pain-riddle poetry of the 22nd yes. Psalm. Yes. And it's those kind of structural and I loved how you put it, kemeni in terms of like cosmological implications. It's so beautiful that that we must face. Because this is our gospel. Yes. Um but most of us don't wanna <laughs> we sing Were You There and um <clears throat> the answer to that song is, yes, we were. And um, we weren't standing with the women who were standing with Jesus.
1: Not even us, not even the women were standing with the women. Let's be clear. It's all right.
0: But, but that's the difficulty. And even some of the pressures around... Um, uh, you talked about the reality of, of colorism, which I know for a lot of Australian audiences, we would name those realities differently. But the pressures um, that white supremacy produce where there are ways to end up on the payroll, there are ways to get white. tenure, there are ways that if you are happy to play a token and actually mm-hmm. turn down your testimony, that it's, it's quite easy to actually... Um, uh, yeah, play out a form of tokenism that changes no reality, but sure. you do give a, uh, an emotional outlet for people who are wanting to um, relieve guilt instead of see God's grace. It's mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah. beautiful. No, yeah, um, I, I'm totally um, in, great, in agreement with both of you. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's the reality um, you mentioned of like, the new creation is coming and it's here. You know, mm. and it's here and which is why we have we can't let up, you know, even though there's temptations, yeah. right, to do that. You, you get weary, you get tired, you, you know, you, the new cycle can wear you out and you're like, is yeah. this worth it? You know, is it? I mean, yeah. is, is anything I've done worth it, you know, Cutting um, through, making yeah. a difference, you know. Um, but I believe that this work will um, pass through the fires of judgment. I really do. Mm you know all of our work will be weighed before the lord and i mm-hmm. do believe that if this if this is done um, with a heart of obedience uh to the lord and if it's done um with a heart of humility and grace um confession and repentance when you when you air mm-hmm. cuz you're going to err, so that's not even if it's when um i believe that this work if it's not um self-aggrandizing because that's the temptation with this work as well um especially in the age of social media oh
2: yeah
1: um i believe Mm. that the work would will pass through the the fire it's righteous work um Mm. you know and so it it will pass through those fires of judgment you know and so i think um at some point we have to we have to be satisfied and resign with the fact that i may not and most likely will not see (laughs) the things that i'm advocating for um in my lifetime, I have to be okay with that, you know, and be uh, settled with that. That should not cause me to rest or cause us to rest on our laure- laurels. It shouldn't cause us to let up, but we should be, we have to know that justice is a long game, you right. know, um, and, and, and it's, we, we'll be fighting that until Jesus cracks the sky which I'm happy for him to crack the sky at any moment. But, you know, he hasn't done it yet. And so we have to still keep moving forward, you
3: know. Yeah. That reminds me, I know Jared already mentioned uh, yes. Vincent Harding. Mm. But um, his, his book, as you were talking, it reminded me of his, um, I don't know if you're familiar with his There Is a River. It's his um mm tracking um, African-American resistance through slavery Mm. Mm, and and just the analogy of the river right that you know sometimes it's flowing strong come on sometimes it's a trickle (laughs) uh, but there's always been a river and it keeps flowing And this invitation um, to join and participate in this movement and the struggle and the spirit um to to liberate others and fight for justice um and so yeah it's a long river right it's a long river we can join Mm. it we can participate and and the fact is that while it might not you know we won't see maybe it's uh completion but but we can see it gain some real momentum right it can be exciting to participate in that and i mean if you connect that with what you said earlier, you know, mm-hmm. just your own experience of being frustrated early on as a young person coming up right. and not seeing, right? Right. But yeah. the, the neat thing is that we can actually be the gospel, be the hope for yeah. other folks by yeah. showing up, being present in our neighborhoods, yes. up on those whose voices are being muted uh by folks who are particularly vulnerable in our communities. And so yes. I think that it's really powerful um that we have the opportunity to participate in that ourselves. Yes. Mm.
1: Yes. Yes. Calling people up and calling them in, you know, instead of calling them out, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, uh, spending some time with Dr. Kelly Douglas. And though we weren't in, uh, Matthew's uh, Mm
2: -hmm, gospel,
0: mm -hmm. we were talking about the passion account and, um, Uh, I mean, it's not lost on me that um, this is a story which is often told in such ways that um, a brown body experiences the horrific uh, again. And um, as a result of that, um, it can sometimes be told in such ways that um, uh, almost a utilitarian kind of, this happened though it was awful for this greater good which is oh, right. our mm-hmm. salvation or our, right. um, uh, I'm, I'm interested to explore um, What what is going on, because I, I know um, orthodoxy is important um, mm. to all three of us. Um, yeah. And uh, um, we're all thoroughly Trinitarian. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, yet yeah, the doctrine of the Trinity means that um, uh, one member of the Trinity can't Um, be uh, separated from like Jesus is
3: Mm.
0: um, God here on the cross, the the clearest revelation of who God is, Mm. that, that passage, which um, you've referred to several times, that means so much to you. um, in Second Corinthians uh, goes on to say, um, uh, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Mm -hmm. Um, What uh, I'm interested in, Uh, to hear from all of us in terms of what is it to consider um, how some theologies have um, uh, said things which aren't said here and not left enough space for um, uh, actually sitting with the reality of these implications um, uh, in terms of the 22nd Psalm and it being in the mouth of, of God who's absorbing Uh, the the violence, the sin, the destruction, the oppression, the injustice of the world. Um, I just wanted to uh, open some of that up because I'm aware that for so many, there are default settings um, of what passes for uh, a a summary of the gospel, which doesn't necessarily do justice to Jesus, let alone do Jesus justice.
1: (laughs) What are you thinking? What are you, what are you, what are you, I have thoughts, but what are you, what are you thinking, um, Jared? What do you have in
2: mind?
0: Yeah, I mean, particularly for me, Akemi, Akemi, yeah. that, um one of the, um, I'm often surprised the way that um, the 22nd Psalm is quoted uh, mm-hmm. w- without reference to that this is actually, and we often refer to it as like a cry of dereliction, and it is certainly not less than that but it is also a lament um, um, and a petition for God's action.
2: Mm. And
0: um, sometimes I hear it preached in such ways that lead to effective altar calls, but don't lead to effective discipleship. Mm. And where we leave people pastorally, where um, uh, it's sometimes insinuated and other times explicitly said that um, there is a fracture in the Holy Trinity at this moment in calvary mm-hmm. instead of um jesus entering into the full experience that um what is it like for for people um in those moments while they're saying i can't breathe
2: mm-hmm.
0: is god not present mm. or mm. is god present in in such ways that are heartbreaking and, and raises really difficult questions mm. of a suffering sovereignty, a sovereignty that has to pass through the cross is not a theological, uh, like, systematic assumption that doesn't have to run through Calvinary. But what does it mean that a God all-powerful is revealed or vulnerable while hanging upon that tree? Um, and, and so I think of, like, yeah. um, the, the 22nd Psalm goes on to say in verse 24, uh, he is not despised nor disdained the suffering of the afflicted one.
2: Mm-hmm. He
0: has not hidden his face from him,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: has listened to his cry for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a that's a very, I mean, that fits with like, uh, you know, uh, John 16, uh, yet I am not alone. The father is with me. Yes, yes. But I listen to some preachers and it's like, you're undoing the testimony of my Lord and savior with your theology of what is happening on the cross. And I don't think we get to say, what the cross means for us without it having integrity to what Jesus is actually saying about, or, um, you know, what Paul is saying in second Corinthians in terms of, um, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I love that passage in, um, uh, Hebrews five, where, um, let me find it. Um, Uh, Hebrews 5 7 it says during the days of Jesus life on earth and here are the last moments of that life Mm. he offered up prayers and petitions that's exactly what the Psalms are with loud cries and tears this is literally what we're witnessing in the 27th chapter of Matthew to the one who could save him from death and he was heard Mm
2: -hmm. because
0: of his reverent submission
2: yes Mm.
0: And, and that's some of the, the paradox of this moment that I sometimes think is flattened because we assume um, that our neat summary of the gospel as a transactional kind of, he, he, here's the algebra of how mm-hmm. salvation works, mm-hmm. kind of sometimes takes away from the narrative um, of the gospels, which leaves sure. us in moments like the women standing not too far off mm-hmm. going, what is happening?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What, what does this mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I think that's good. I think um, there can... Uh, I think it doesn't even have to be either or. I, could, I think all of those things are happening. When I think about... Um, if I if I think about, say, Psalm 22, Jesus is, you know, uh, he's... I, I don't take it to be that Jesus is just reciting that for the sake of reciting it. I believe he really is like God. Like, wh- why have you forsaken me? Um, mm. I believe that it's... Um, and, and I see uh, Hebrews talks about how, he, uh, I think it's Hebrews, he's the firstborn among the dead, you know, and so you talk about yeah. um, a solid, Jesus wrought a solid Derek bond with us, yeah. right? Through, yeah. de- through death, through resurrection, through this life, he is the speaker of the Psalms, right? Um, mm-hmm. So even on that cross, I think. Quite literally Jesus did feel forsaken um, oh, and, and
0: no doubt and I in, I would in even, terms of his psychological reality no doubt
1: right and i would even i would even say that there's that tension in that reality um, of him feeling forsaken and possibly even being forsaken and yet god was still as you said um, as the scripture you lifted up god was still in christ reconciling us to him that's i think there's tension um, in our faith and i think that that we, I, I, I think uh, the rest the Western and post enlightenment um, mm-hmm. some of the, the, uh, the implications of post enlightenment is that we want all the answers, right, mm-hmm. we want to figure this thing out. Is it that God was in him reconciling? or Is it that he turned his back on him? Um, or could it not be both? I mean, this is the God of the universe, the triune God. I mean, I, I think I, I sit with tension like and, I, and I'm trying to learn to be comfortable you know, with tension, and with mystery, you know? I think mm. there's sometimes there's a sense in which people just try to drum up mystery where it's like, no, no, no. The scripture is perspicuous. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's try not to, let's not do violence to the perspicuity of the text here. You know, but I think there is tension, right? There There is that reality, um, but we see this tension all the time in the Psalms, you know? Uh, how long, oh Lord? You know, like, well, mm. I mean, like, how long will you continue to afflict me? Like, help me to see as many good days as you afflicted me with bad days. And, right. and like, you just see very depressing, Language in the song, which is why I love it. <laughs> because there's something in there for everybody.
2: We relate to it, right? Right? We, li- right? we
1: live into it. And then toward the end, there's always some sort of doxology, something that goes, but you know what? why are you downcast on my soul put your hope Mm. and faith in god you know for i will yet trust him my savior and my god right it's like Mm. ah at the end of the day you are my god you are my lord you know and jesus gave up his spirit like you know what i'm saying it's like even in the end god jesus was still in control and giving up his spirit like you know like it's finished like declaring also to this god that has forsaken him right that he's saying has forsaken him and yet still is communicating you know uh, to this god before people before us right there at calvary so i think there's i think there's a tension i, I don't i don't think it has to be I, I, you know I, so i i do believe in the, the doctrine of divine abandonment but i also do believe that god was still reconciling like in that abandonment god was still reconciling us back to himself um yeah. and there's tension i th- there's tension with that uh, but i don't think that's uh you know out of bounds you know, if that makes sense. You know, I think um, uh, in the by and by, as my grandma says, <laughs>
0: these
1: things will become clear. So, you know, uh, and I just I, think
0: I, I still might make the cut, even though I can't go all the way with divine abandonment.
1: <laughs> right, right, and some some people don't. I mean, I think there's room, like you know, there with where whether you go there all the way or not. Like you know, what I'm saying, but. Um, but I think that I, I think God was was still there, even though Jesus was, you know, was feeling um, forsaken. And quite literally, I mean, he had the weight, the sin, the weight of the uh, sins of the world on yeah. him. Like, you know, yeah. uh, and then Habakkuk, oh, is it Habakkuk, I think it's Habakkuk that talks about how God can't look upon anything that's unholy. Right. And so in that moment, you could make the case that, um, from second Corinthians that Jesus, I think second Corinthians 521, um, Mm -hmm. became, well, some texts will say Jesus became sin or Jesus became a sin offering, right. In order to reconcile us to God. So obviously therefore God could not look upon Jesus in that moment. So, I mean, I think there could be, there's wrestling, right. I mean, I think it could be either, or I think it could be both and, you know, um, I think wherever you land, <laughs> you need to believe that Jesus reconciled. Like, it was Jesus' work that saved right. you, not yours. It's not your yeah, righteousness. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, and that you have to hold on to that unswervingly uh, by God's. And that's obviously a work of God's grace, not your own um, volition and your will. You know, so I think there's, there's room for tension and, to, and disagreement um, there. You know, uh, I, yeah, I think there's a tension, though. I think I would have a couple of years ago been much more like, no, God turned his back and that's it. You know? Cause if God didn't turn his back on him, then he couldn't turn his back. Then if God didn't turn his back on Jesus, then that means he can turn his back on you. Eh, I don't know if I'm that, you know, <laughs> like yeah. that, um, I can say that, that set on that quite as of yet, but I think there's a tension and I think, I think both can live together because we're talking about the God of the universe where any and everything is possible with God, you know? Um, mm. And I know it seems like a cop-out, but it's not, I don't see it. No, as,
0: no, no, no. I, I <laughs> hear it as like a, an, an, an honest wrestling. Um, and I think this is, you know, this is the kind of humility. We should approach a passage like this. Right, um, right. Uh, I think, um, you know, this is the, because, um, you know, theology has implications for yes. um, our discipleship for our, oh, yes. um, in, in its advocacy and its activism, um, um, and pastorally, how do we uh, come alongside, um, those and and what we say about what's happening really yes. does matter. So I, I hear us all just kind of trying to honestly wrestle right. with, right. um, uh, I, I don't want to undermine the doctrine of the Trinity to fit with my doctrine of atonement. <laughs> mm-hmm. right.
2: Right, right, right. Um,
0: uh, I, I don't want to lessen, um, Uh, what's being revealed about Christ's lordship and his kingdom Mm -hmm. in the cross and act like um, this isn't where God is most clearly seen um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, when I hear people talk about it in terms of actually this is where God's absence is seen. And if we're entering into a poetry around it, um, maybe I'll see if I can find that. Um, uh, um, If we are entering into a, a poetry around it that does you know, bring us to worship, um, uh, brings mm. us to humility and yeah. helps us take up our own cross, Come um, <laughs> I'm all for it. You know, like, yes. Dr. Drew, you you have been humble and uh, yeah. have yet to say much. Yeah, you, what do you think?
3: You, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you know,
3: so I, I think... Um, I've been influenced, I guess, probably the best language to maybe approach my hermeneutic for reading the Gospels is right. thinking about J. Denny Weaver's, he 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 talks about uh, narrative Christus Victor,
2: mm-hmm. but
3: that is to follow the flow of the story, mm-hmm. try to, you know, allow that to kind of shape theology rather than um, maybe from a systematic standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about in Matthew, um, one of the things that we see is, Jesus' own experience prior to this all happening is him being condemned, mocked, ridiculed, mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. fun of at every level by everybody, right? The soldier, everybody, everybody right? Yeah, and, you right. know, those who also are, um, yeah, anyway, so, so, so there's this experience and then he's mm-hmm. being crucified um, mm-hmm. and just the humanity, the human experience of abandonment at that moment, Oof. having the world turn against you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my reading is probably more in the sake of, it is more of a, a crying out, um, but I would also see that at that moment, my own theology would be that it is God um, present and being revealed. In fact, the the that it's at the moment of Christ crucified that God's power and God's wisdom is expressed, right? That's what I think about okay. it in terms of first Corinthians. Um, but it is, I think of the abandonment as the human experience, not necessarily a, a statement about yeah. God's presence or activity, mm. but that Jesus is, he fully, he, he fully has a full human experience of crucifixion. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah and so that those when I, I i was thinking uh what was it like two years ago i taught on um, the politics of blackness this it's like black history intellectual thought all stuff with my students for first year sem at messiah college and we're reading ida b wells um work on lynching mm-hmm. and mm. you know she tells these horrific stories where you know one single black person is being tortured by a mob and, right, right. and they're screaming and yelling and she's describing, you know, what went down. Um, and, and I think about what Jesus is going through as that parallel of just that kind of feeling forsaken and crying out to God, God, where are you? Um, yeah. That's how I read it. That's, I think, how I make sense of it, especially in light of, um some of the scene that's being described right before that um but I, at the same time i mean i got enough um i'm not eastern orthodox but i got enough eastern orthodox to say that there's some always some mystery this yeah. yeah. that we don't fully understand and so we we always grappling and reaching and seeking right in the midst of that that's yeah.
1: how yes, yeah this. I'm with you. I'm with you, Drew. Yep. I, I, I yep. You know, I try epistemic humility, anthropological humility, uh, yeah, anthropomorphic yeah. humility. Seriously, because I'm like, there's some stuff we just we won't always understand on this side. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> and and yet, um, what our orthodox, what ancient Christianity, um, and orthodoxy, um, whether we're talking about ancient uh, African orthodoxy of uh, the Coptics or the Ethiopians, what they'll insist about the cross um, uh, is that the Trinitarian reality means that um, God can never be separated from God. So the revelation of Jesus in his full humanity and the importance of the incarnation is that the um, the experience of being abandoned um, by God, God steps into, and that's the salvific point. Um, In the same way that um, uh, the the incarnation at its fullness is realised in the cross, um, the the Orthodox will always insist that um, we must protect the nature of God being revealed in Uh Christ Jesus. Uh And so um, any um, theory about atonement that actually undermines um, uh, that um, uh, God's fullness was pleased to dwell in him, um, that he is the image of the invisible God, um that if if our understanding of the cross does not bow its knee to the one upon the cross mm-hmm. the problem is our understanding yes. not our savior oh,
2: and oh, and yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. so the the mystery and it really is i, I actually just found um uh it, i mean this is incredibly self referential we might edit this out but uh, <laughs> th- this is th- this is a um a poem that um i had published about a, a decade ago um, about just this. W- would you two humor me? And um, are, are you at all interested or should I just? Of course. of course. Go. Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Go for it.
0: Wrenching against his tearing flesh to raise his chest for air, the breath that created the world now gasps under the brut- brutality of good creation, corrupted, crowded, Only crowned with thorns, our shame dressed only in the dignity that could not be gambled away. This strange naked flame burns alone on this desert bush between two failed revolutionaries. Deep calls to deep, Eli cries to Eli, Lama Sabactini lancing darkening silent sky Piercing doubt sung out faithfully, pain-riddled poetry of the 22nd Psalm. Hope and horror wrestle, wrestle, excruciating cries from a suffering God. Jesus, torn lamenting lips, calls from my misery, my slavery, and simultaneously God's scandalous response. Presence alone felt in ground-shaking absence. Women weep from a distance. God is in Christ. Doesn't need reconciling. We do. Yet God is dead to God, it seems. How strange a coronation that crowns the returning king with crucifixion. The meek inherits his earth without a sword. Suffering servant, strange sovereignty, silence. Mm
3: -hmm. Wow. beautiful. Wow, that's powerful, yeah. (sighs) Yeah.
0: Very powerful. And I really think with, um, with great preaching and great witness in, in, in activism, in service, in the, the, the full breadth of you know, Christian worship, um, it should lead us to the kind of strangeness of a silence before the cross mm-hmm. where our theories aren't enough, but Jesus is
2: mm-hmm.
0: and what he has done, mm-hmm. and then to live in light of that. Amen. Um, Amen. And Akemini, that's why I'm so appreciative of your work and witness, your courage. um, uh, I see in the the suffering that you've taken on to end all suffering, not glorifying suffering, but knowing that taking up your cross has meant death threats, has Mm -hmm. meant cancellation of speaking places, Mm -hmm. has meant that you've been looked over in terms of certain opportunities, has meant that people have said strange things like, oh, you know, such an anointing but missed her moment, got involved in all this political stuff instead of just, quote unquote, preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, Drew and I, part of the reason why we wanted you on the show is just to encourage you. We are thankful for your witness, for your work, uh, for um, the way that you aren't just uh, preaching Jesus but Mm -hmm. witnessing to him and inviting other people in on that. So thank you so much.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you both. I I really appreciate that. Um, I'm honored to be on and um, uh, of course, to talk about Jesus, talk about the scriptures um, Mm. uh, and and, and just honored, you know, to do this. It's a hard calling, you know, but I'm I'm honored to do it. And I, I, um, and the Lord has confirmed it to me time and again, even in the midst of, even in the midst of the suffering, you know, um, and so, and it's my honor to be God's servant, you know, in that mm. way. And so, I, I do. I try my best to represent Him as 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 much as I can, and 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 and, and to anybody, really, <laughs> you know, to to uh, any audience, really, that I'm at. I, I, I try to really bring in those implications of what God, what does God have to say about these things? Does God care? Mm. Yes, God does care. God has something to say about. Uh, these things that concern you, you know? Um, and so I try, I try to bring the the, uh, the gospel, that message in, uh, somehow, some way, in subtle ways, some, some in very overt mm. ways, obviously, like on this show, you know, I, I get the opportunity to do that. <laughs> mm. And in some other subtle ways, you know, and, and sometimes in my writing has to be subtle. Sometimes it has to be much more forceful. It just depends, you know? And so I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Whenever I get the opportunity to declare God's um, glory and his goodness, um, Um, In his gospel, I'm happy to do it, you know, especially with fellow saints. I mean, golly, that's even that's even better, you know, so
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll be encouraged Yeah,
3: Yeah. I just wanted to say thank you for um, sharing your story and for being Mm -hmm. vulnerable and transparent It's it's an encouragement um, not only to me and to Jared, but um, I'm sure it'll be an encouragement to many more
1: yeah. I hope so. I hope so, Drew. I'm so glad that I got to at least hear yeah. your voice and talk to you. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, God willing, God gotcha. we
1: will see each other in 2020. Come on, Lord, please make it
0: happen. That is <laughs> and beautiful.
1: Jared. When you're over here,
0: <laughs> and and likewise, you have a place to stay. Drew, oh. Drew, still, we've been friends for ages, and he still hasn't visited. Oh. Like we, we've, we've got to find an excuse to, to get him down. Oh man, we gotta get over. Although. Jared has been,
3: now he's made it all the way from Australia, even into my office in, in at Messiah College. So what? he's been oh, a good friend, oh. but I haven't returned the favor yet, so i got to yes. get to Australia. I,
1: yes, you have to make it happen. Oh, I'm so, I'm <laughs> seriously, I'm so honored uh, to be on the show with you guys. I'm so glad we can make it happen. I really do hope this blesses um, your listeners.
0: I'm sure it will. Hey, can how can those listening pray for you? Um, uh, how, how can they? continue to journey with you uh how can people support you
1: yeah well um yeah thank you so much people can um pray uh for me i have some projects that are pending i say uh Mm. pending kind of waiting for approval and you know the the waiting game you know so uh if you all can pray about those things um i'd really uh appreciate that uh you can pray for more opportunities you know to hear me speak and write and Mm. uh, Because I have thoughts, you know, I just have to have the opportunity, (laughs) you know, to iron those things out. And sometimes when those opportunities come, it's the perfect time for me to, oh, great, let me work out this theological framework I've been working on in my mind for like two, three years. Like (laughs) like now I have to put it to pen to paper, you know. Mm. Um, So, yeah, you can pray for more opportunities for me to actually do those things. Um, Pray for Truth Table, as we are in pre-production for season three and so uh you know we're planning you know uh, our season and trying to get guests and you know you know you know how that is <laughs> so you know you guys can you know, pray for that as well um if you want to support me and my work you can uh follow me on twitter uh, at sister theology is it at sister, it might be underscore. Let me check. This is terrible. I don't even know my own handle. At sister, S <laughs> I S T A underscore theology. <laughs> On Instagram, it's uh, just sister theology. So S I uh, S T A T H E O L O G Y. Obviously, that's short for systematic theology. It's also a double entendre because I'm a sister that does theology. Um, and then, of course, if you want to support me, which I always accept that too, uh, I do have a PayPal and venmo and all of those things and those are uh those links can be found on my instagram um in my bio so those links are there too um so yeah that's those are praying for me so yeah hopefully you'll be able to see some projects i hope i have some i mean i'm really excited about them i just need to get the actual green light you know so you gotta Mm -hmm. gotta wait for that you know yeah sure Yeah, I'm excited.
0: The the last thing I'll ask of you is Would you mind praying for our listeners, Um, particularly in light of this passage, um, that uh, we might be a people who turn our world upside down?
2: Oh,
1: sure, sure. Um, Yes, let's pray. Uh, Father God, we just, first and foremost, we just give you thanks um, and glory Mm. and honor for who you are. Um, you are the God almighty. You are the maker of heaven and earth. You are the lifter of our head. Oh Lord, you are our shield and very great reward. Um, I just thank you um, for your word. Thank you. Oh God, that you are a God who speaks to your people even now. Um, And I thank you. Oh God, that you've given us your word. Oh God. Um, That's a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. God. Um, And I thank you uh, most of all for your son, Jesus Christ who died. Um, a, a gory um, and difficult mm. death, O oh Lord God, mm. so that we will be reconciled to you, O oh Lord God, uh, so that we would not have to pay uh, the penalty for our sins, O oh Lord. And we are grateful for that, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, O oh God, that this did not just have implications for us individually. Mm -hmm. Not just implications for us, even communally, Lord Mm -hmm. God, um, as we are in fellowship and communion with one another, Lord God, but that this also had cosmological implications, oh Lord God, that this gospel is meant not to only change our world and turn our world upside down, but it's meant to turn this entire world around and the individual lives and worlds of our neighbors oh god um, of our fellow saints oh lord god of of unbelievers who have yet to come to you lord god and i ask you oh lord in this moment to show the uh, those who are under the sound of my voice show them how you have called them to turn this world upside down through the power of your holy spirit show them their sphere of influence, show them um, uh, uh, the passion that you have placed inside of them, oh Lord God, um, to, to, to correct wrongs, O Lord God, to make level paths, oh Lord God, to remove stumbling blocks, oh Lord God, to not sit in the seat of mockers, oh Lord God, um, but to be encouragers, oh Lord God, to be light bearers in this world, to be um, 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 justice agents, O Lord God, and representatives of Christ in this world, make that abundantly clear oh lord god Mm. to everybody who is um listening to this podcast right now and who will listen to this podcast god and i just pray oh god that you would get the glory oh lord there's so many things unsettling in our world oh lord god the earth is quite literally crying out oh lord god Mm. your people are crying out oh lord god um Mm. unbelievers are also crying out, Lord, we are asking you, oh, Lord, God, to show yourself strong, um, and that you, oh, Lord, God, we know that you are in control, and that you are bringing everything toward your design ends, oh, Lord. And I just pray, oh, God, the, the blessings of the new age would break forth now oh lord Mm. god um and that there would be a signpost of what's to come in the new heavens and the new earth and that it would oh god would be um just a sign to unbelievers oh god to taste and see that the lord is good and Mm. i pray oh god that those good blessings oh lord God, of the new age oh lord god would bring and draw many to yourself oh god uh so i pray all of these things in the mighty name of jesus Amen. amen
0: amen and amen thank you The Inverse podcast is proudly supported by you, the listener. And if you want to join the revolutionaries who are helping us have conversations about how this ancient text can still turn the world upside down, why don't you head over to patreon.com slash inverse.